Hey there, and welcome to Sunday Brunch, a conversation over coffee between friends where we discuss everything from foundation to food. This week, we'll be talking about resumes, what to write, how to say it, and when to update it. But first, Tia, how has your week been? Good. It's literally disappeared again. I know. I feel like the weeks are just, like, getting quicker and quicker almost. Like, this year, like, next week it'll be July. Yeah. Which means... That it'll be nearly a, it's gonna be 10 months since I got married. Is it? August, yeah. So then. That's crazy. Which it doesn't even feel like it's been that long. No way. Yeah. Um, I think, I'm, I think a lot of people feel like that too because no one is feeling as, as though they've achieved as much as they thought by July because so much has, I mean, look at your year. You know, you were meant to have been in 7 million countries by now. (laughs) We weren't even meant to be sitting here doing a podcast face to face. Yes. We're meant to be doing it online. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good for me, bad for you. Yeah. Good for listeners. Good for <laughs> convenience. Good for ease. Um, I mean, we did do it online for a while thanks to the epidemic, yeah. pandemic. But yeah, I think that's why everything feels quick just because we're all like, oh, well, mm. um, have I done enough? And then I also think because it's getting cold, I feel yeah. like I'm not being as productive with my days. Like I yeah. won't get up as early in the morning to go for my run or to start my workout because I'm staying in bed for that for like an extra hour yeah but not doing anything I'm just lying there cold thinking about whether or not I want to get out of bed or not yeah and it's bad like it's a habit that I should really break but maybe I'll put it in my bullet journal as a tracker which I've done this week yeah you need to put some photos of your bullet journal on our story because it is stunning I will I just got a new diary like what on Wednesday I think And then I have been working on it madly for like the last two days to try and get it all ready for next month. Mm -hmm. And it's done. (laughs) Yeah, it looks so beautiful. And it's cactus themed. Yeah. Because my diary is green. So I thought I should start it off with a green theme. Yep. And then I think next month I'm going to do flamingos because I just thought pink would be cute. Pink and August goes well together. Yeah. I don't know why, it just does. And then I was going to do lemons for spring, for summer. uh, Sorry, for September. Yep. So I'm already pre-planning. She's got it sorted, ahead. guys. So, you know, but I've been doing, I did that this week. So I have been doing stuff. It's just been working really hard on our business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been slightly delayed for like, I think an extra week because we're just waiting on test prints. Yep. So we've worked out everything except we just want to confirm that we're happy with the, the quality. quality. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as that's done, then... Um, cause we sort of had to work out everything before to make sure that we even wanted to go with this printing company. Yep. And then now that we decided that we can go with them, that's now we've like ordered the test ones and then that's the final check. But yeah. I'm not too worried in the sense that there's a lot of really good reviews, mm-hmm. um, about the quality of their prints. So fingers crossed it's all good. And then as soon as that comes in, we'll be launching yeah that's exciting Mm. just to have your stock ready to go and things like that there's a lot behind that I'm trying to figure out how to go about my card idea because I know I need to find somewhere that can scan them in high like high quality um because I'm doing them with copic markers and they Mm -hmm. fade so there's Mm -hmm. no such thing as an original Mm -hmm. I mean cards are one thing but if I did an artwork you can't have an artwork with copic because it'll fade yeah so it's things like that that I'm like, this seems like such a simple process. But when I think about all the steps involved and all the suppliers that I have to talk to about getting good quality, because mm-hmm. if someone's paying for something and it's art, it needs to stand the test of time. Yeah, especially if it's something that's like, you know, if you make something a little bit more custom and then it's yeah. more special, you don't want it then in like, you know, two or three years time to not exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. And when they put things on the walls, the sun gets it and it mm-hmm. fades. So um little considerations like that but that's exciting it's good you're on the right track yeah i think you're moving at a good speed whereas i today was like i need to get this happening because it's one of those things that in my head if i don't fulfill it i'll always regret it yeah yeah but just taking that next step is a lot more if you need any help you can come to me because you know how i am i just get things done yeah you do whereas i'm like oh but what if except for reading books that's that's a different that's story. true <laughs> i'm good with like i'm good with the things that i don't know how to describe it when it comes to uni work it's like easy done yeah all those big things get it done but when it's something like it it's a possibility that this could work 
I turn away from it. Yeah. It's almost like out of your comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a path that I've never ventured before. Mm-hmm. Whereas with things like uni and work, I'm, I'm very familiar with that. And the people around me are familiar with that. So I attack it. Whereas yeah. this is a little bit more divergent and not as well trodden. So mm-hmm. I think that holds me back. But I mean, what do you have to lose? Exactly. And I mean, you can always use our website as a platform if you want. Yes, it's true. On the, it's on the record now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> no she said later. it. Um, okay, so we've both been watching Killing Eve this week, yes. and I think we're about an episode or two apart. Yeah. So I we're both up to season it. two. I've watched... So I've watched... Because you already were up to season two. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure if we go back to last mm-hmm. year's episodes, I would have been sprucing yeah, Killing Eve. It, yeah. yeah. That's why I remember it. I was like, yeah, I know Lauren recommended this. And I was like, I want to try and watch it. Yep. And then I've literally watched a season. And now I'm like up to season four. in, a, in No, season like two. Season two, episode four. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, in like a week. So yep. I've like literally been watching it nonstop. <laughs> yeah, it is so but, good. We fell off the bandwagon a bit just because when we went to New Zealand, we started watching Succession because it yeah. was on offer on the plane mm-hmm. and then we loved it so that's what we watched the whole time yeah. and then when we came back um but because you said we, we should discuss this I decided last night to get back up to where we were yeah. and it was surprisingly easy to jump back in yeah um it's mem- like you you can easily remember the plot and they yeah. do the really like they do a really good like um last episode like a recap, recap. Yeah, yeah yeah the recap's really good so we were midway through an episode so we just kind of took it back to the start and went from there but i'm up to season two episode six yeah so there is a season three out but that's not available on stan like the other two i think that's yeah. on abc iview it is but i bought it on itunes because i don't like ads yeah <laughs> okay fair enough yeah but um it's also apparently not out till the first of july I season think. three's out oh it is yeah it just said on itunes that i can't actually watch probably not yeah. um maybe not because that's technically like a release mm. rather than watching it live mm. maybe um so. but i know i think bronte's been watching it in yeah on i've i mean for me it's like just it's super extra to buy it because it's available for free but i don't know why when there's ads i just feel so like oh like i can't sit here and watch four ads yeah and for from my time in media i can tell you they're almost always repeated exactly because the targeting is so yeah. crappy so yeah and that's why it <laughs> drives me more insane because at least on tv ads it's so different like mm. but then when you're watching things on re- like online like that it's like the same ad and yeah in the one ad segment there can be like four of the exact same ad yeah so they it, just try and get frequency oh. Um, it makes me so angry. Yeah, they don't frequency cap it a lot, yeah. which is very annoying for people in the media because mm-hmm. all our clients will be like, okay, we're playing seven ads, but we're going to play them to like one person. So yeah. that's not actually doing anything. Yeah. yeah, it is really frustrating. Um, but what do you think of the characters? So you're new to it. Yeah. What? How are you feeling about it? So um, Villanelle, who is like the one who's the initial bad person, yeah. um, she... She's interesting. I sometimes really like her and then I can really sympathize mm. like for like I feel sorry for her cuz I feel like she didn't necessarily choose to want to be in that life cuz there's points where you think she wants to like leave being a so basically she's an assassin. Yeah. And um like she just wants to I feel like she wants to leave it but then something in her like cuz I guess she's a she's a she is a psychopath, right? Like, yeah. She is. Yeah. She is. <laughs> um yeah. And so she I can suppose, disconnect. Yeah, so then something in her personality, you see it, like, in her mind or in her, like, how she plays her character. It, there's, you just, there's a moment where she clicks. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hate you again. Like, yeah. You know? I, I kind of felt like, in a weird way, Villanelle's progression throughout mm. Killing Eve is not too dissimilar from Chuck Bass and Gossip Girl. Yeah. <laughs> this is a theory that I have because you have to hear me out because right now I will tell you that Chuck Bass is just one of my... I just, I loved him. 15-year-old me was in in love with Mm -hmm. him, which is actually devastatingly problematic. Mm -hmm. Because when I look back, he was trying to rape girls in the first series. But I I think everyone would have hated him in the first, like, two or three seasons, and then he just got better and better. I don't know. By season two, when it was, like, him and Blair, three words, eight syllables. I don't know. I remember it way too much (laughs) than I should. Um, I was so into him. But we are very quick to forget that he acted so bad like that's very bad and in a me too era that Mm -hmm. i doubt that his 
character progression would have held up because I don't think they would have been wanting to promote that message to teenage girls. Yeah, that's definitely. very that's very murky. And Villanelle's similar because now I'm in season two. Obviously, if you haven't watched this and you want to, you should skip this part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he's she's working with Eve yeah. and the team, and it's really easy to see her as almost more of a hero Mm -hmm. but in the second episode of season one she Mm -hmm. kills eve's best friend yeah and that is like a chaotic episode and Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking and it's so stress so stressful and shocking Mm -hmm. and she didn't need to kill him no you can almost forgive her all the other times because it's Mm -hmm. part of her job Mm -hmm. and these people you can assume that they're actually actually, up to no good anyway and she was actually told not to kill like anybody from yeah. MI6 or MI5, yes. whatever they were in at that Yeah, because it's too obvious. Yeah, exactly. But she went against just to make a point, and that's when I think that was really reckless. And I think sometimes she's more than happy to take out more people than she has to, mm-hmm. rather than just, like, waiting she, and... I think she's the kind of person... She just enjoys killing. Like, she actually yeah. loves it and, for some reason, thrives off it. And I think that is what makes you remember that she's actually, like, a psychopath. Like, I yeah. just watched the part where she... Um, killed somebody in Amsterdam who was like a cheating husband. Yes. And, and she did it in this in the brothel. Yeah. Ugh. And hung him upside down and she just you can just tell that she loved doing that. She really enjoyed it. And then that makes you go, "Oh my gosh, like this person is not a good person and yeah. I don't like them." Yeah. But then at the same time you're like, "But you know, you feel sorry for her." I don't know. But, yeah. It is murky. Yeah. And Eve is a very annoying character. Yeah, she I like um, how she, like, I like, what am I trying to say? Sandra O oh playing the character, she's really good in it, mm-hmm. you know, and I like um, how she plays the character, if that makes sense, but I don't necessarily love Eve in it. Yeah. You know, like, she is awful to her husband, which... She is. Yeah. Which the way like, that she treats him is horrible, and then yeah. eventually he sort of pushes back, which you'll get to, like, yeah. you're probably already going through that now. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. And she gets upset. And I'm like, mate, you've been treating him abysmally for yeah, ages. exactly. And, like, I feel really bad for him because he, you can see that he tries so hard and mm. then she just completely, like, she'll try and then she'll just be like, meh, like, this is too hard. Yeah. Or, like, she's just not interested enough. And then I also don't really, un- like, I, I get... I sort of get it, but I don't really understand, like, how somebody could be so obsessed with a psychopath. I know. You know what I mean? Like, for me, I would be terrified and be running in the opposite direction. Yeah. But for her, she finds it really fascinating. Yeah, and they sort of, um, they claim that she has always had an obsession with female murderers or female assassins. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which I guess is, it's an empowering concept to think that a woman could do that because for all of our lives we've been taught that men can be terrible assassins when you think about all the other um real life examples Mm -hmm. it's almost always men so i get that she's obsessed with that but you're right it it stretches it a little bit far and i think they want us to think that she wishes she could disconnect and disengage Mm -hmm. and be that powerful well you see that when she like stabbed uh stabbed villanelle sorry yeah um that she tried to be that person and then immediately she felt remorse yeah and then tried which is because she's not a she's not a psychopath yeah exactly whereas villanelle is she can't cut that off but they want they see in one another what the other one wants so i think eve wishes she could be as ruthless Mm -hmm. and villanelle wishes she could have that softness yeah but i don't buy this love story between them no there's no chemistry no 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 like not sexually no there's just nothing like that like what you said like a desire to be the other person yeah not um yeah there's nothing like that and i just i roll my eyes a bit (laughs) yeah i think like eve should be a position in a position of authority or Mm. aspiration for Villanelle but I don't feel anything else and I'm not sure if I'm meant to no I it's weird because the way that they make it seem especially that scene where um, Villanelle was like seducing some woman and then said I'm gonna call you Eve yeah and like then it makes you seem like she's interested in Eve interested in Eve like that but then it's just like weird like yeah and Eve gets so jealous when anyone else comes close with Villanelle yeah. in season one. It's yeah. this cat and mouse game and Eve wants to be the one to have all the contact with her. And mm. I mean, I get what they're building it up to. It's meant to be very pro-feminist because it's written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So she's very much pro-feminist and pro-women being funny, mm-hmm. which is why Villanelle's lines are so hilarious. And she's, she's such really, a funny character. Yeah, she's very witty for yeah. somebody who... And actually one thing that um, was 
that I found interesting in the first episode was when she was smiling at that little girl. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? And at the she, very beginning, yeah, and then she just flicks the ice cream exactly, in her face. Because it's like she was copying how the little girl was smiling. Yeah. Like, that's what it was to me, and that's what made me go, okay, this chick's the psychopath. Yeah, you know? because she's not sure how she has to interact with people, exactly. which is why she's such a good actress, but she always has mm-hmm. to read the brief because mm-hmm. she can become anything because mm-hmm. she's not anything. Yeah, but it's also why I like the roles, like the people playing the roles that they're playing, so I think they're done very well. Yeah, like Jodie Comer's amazing. Yeah, All her accents are brilliant. So good. Like, I was shocked. Like, she can just turn it on and off. Like, yeah. I will say that I don't think season two is as good as season one, and I'm very careful not to be one of those people that's like, it's amazing, because everyone mm. else says it's amazing. I don't mm. think season two is as good as season one. Mm. But apparently season three is an uptick, and it gets yeah. better. Yeah. So I'm holding on to that. I think it's because I enjoyed the cat and mouse of – Eve and Villanelle in yeah. season one. I think at the moment I'm, I, I agree with you in that I'm slightly lost with the addition of the ghost. Yes. And then after yeah. that, there becomes a new target that they work towards together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, can we get back to finding who the 12 are? Yeah. Because that's when this started. Yeah, like that's yeah, what yeah. we were going for. So it's a bit, it's. I mean, sometimes with TV series, it can be like that, especially if they want to drag it out a little bit. Yeah. And I don't think Phoebe Waller-Bridge wrote season two, which could be like yeah. when they lose the original writer it's going to take on a different form because there are different mm. creators. So mm. it makes sense, but it's not necessarily it, a good thing. It's still enjoyable because the actors are all still the same. Yeah. And I love Kenny. Which one's that? Um, oh, he the is the boss's yeah, son. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's and great. The chick, He's like in love with the girl. Well, not in love, but he has a crush on the girl who um, was working with Eve. You know, the, oh, yeah. In, I don't know if she's in, in season one. She's, she's not in back in season, season two. two. No. But he had a massive crush on her. Yeah. Yeah. No, He's it's good. very sweet. It's very good. So hopefully we can both finish season two by next I'll def- week. I'll definitely be, be on season And then I'll we have like, to watch I'm... Love... I want you to watch Love Life so My we can discuss it. watching it and her reactions to it, it makes me more curious. To oh, it's great. It. It's she's so good. Like, she's sitting there going like, no, don't say yes to him proposing. Yeah, yeah, no, we can discuss <laughs> that in depth. Um, have you listened to Grown Ups? Um, no okay um becoming has become very good has it yeah in the last 15 percent of the book the Wait, last so 15 percent nearly i'm nearly, like yeah. a few pages away from finishing but really it hits its stride when barack is inaugurated because then they move into the white house and all yeah. of the things they tell you like did you know that in barack obama's motorcade he was always with a gp and he was he always had a supply of his own blood in oh, case wow. of an like attempt or something. yeah they always they always travel with that well something very interesting that i was told the other day because a lot of um the discussion like there's been more discussions around our dinner table regarding you know blm movement yeah and you know anti-racism and stuff like that and we have a um family friend who's actually african-american mm-hmm. and he said to my mum when Barack got elected that he thought that he would be assassinated within, like, the first... Assassinated, sorry, within the first, like, year. Really? Of, yeah. He thought that just because, like, he didn't think America was ready for yeah. a black president. Or, yeah, they were yeah. in progressive states but not in Republican states, yeah. I guess. Yeah, which um, yeah. is very sad in a way that he was just... He was very happy that Barack was president, but he was almost, like, sad. And scared. And scared for him. Yeah. Exactly. But it's sad that that even has to be, like, a thought that somebody has. Because for me, I'd never even thought that. Because to me, I was just like, oh, wow, that's so great. You yeah. Know? Um, and I didn't really think that anybody... I don't know. Like, I don't... I never really thought that anyone would be racist to that extent, you know, of, like... Oh, yeah. Assassinating somebody. But I know that that's just like my idealistic view and yeah. how I am. So then I just wish that everybody else would be like that, but I know it's not the reality. Yeah. I so. never considered that happening to Barack because I was probably too young. Yeah. That's but then true. when you learn more about um, John F. Kennedy mm. and he was not as a, as not as divisive as mm. Barack was. And that's not saying that Barack was bad. It's just saying that Barack was the first yeah. of a minority group of people mm-hmm. to become the most important person in the world. Yeah. So obviously there's going to be more people opposed to that than a white man from a very powerful family. Yeah. And JFK was assassinated at a time when there was no social media to encourage others to spread a viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And there's a really interesting podcast at the moment called Down the Rabbit Hole, which talks about the the perniciousness of social media that 
is based on algorithms to feed you more of what you've already been watching. Mm, So when you watch a YouTube clip on Mm anti-BLM, if you're one of those people that's against it, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen is you're going to get keep being fed stories and videos that promote that. So then you fall into a pit of thinking that's all it is out there, which is why we have a big problem with a lot of our news sources because a lot of our news sources are aligned with political sides. And if you only follow one news source, that's all you get. Whereas... um, Obviously, things that are a little bit more mediated and a little bit more professional are objective. So you get both sides of the story. Um, And I think the fact that JFK could still be assassinated in a time when people couldn't connect in the dark web. Yeah. Says a lot about the power of people to do it. Yeah. When Barack was in. But then reading Michelle's accounts, they would shut down entire streets. Wow. So they're the only people on the road. And there were snipers positioned all along the route anytime he went anywhere. That's yeah. So when their daughters went to school, he couldn't drop them off on their first day because he presents, he requires that much level of contact mm-hmm. and that much more security. They were still high priorities because mm-hmm. obviously if anything happened to them, his ability to govern would be dram- yeah, yeah. dramatically reduced. Mm-hmm. But obviously, as sad as it is, his daughters weren't as much of a priority as he was. Yeah. And the same with Michelle, but she details how they wanted to go on a date night. And they flew. They never drive anywhere wow. long distance. They flew three different helicopters, went to Blue Hill in New York City wow. <laughs> because she's obsessed with, um, I shouldn't say obsessed because that makes it sound bad, but she was very strongly committed to reviving fresh food and overhauling the food mm-hmm. canteen systems in America. And she started by building this veggie patch on the White House lawn, mm-hmm. which was revolutionary. And it, she got school children in and it became a grassroots to national scale mm-hmm. um, initiative but because she loves fresh produce they knew that blue hill would be a great place to go yeah and when they walked in they had to already sweep the place yeah but then all the guests after that had to be like wow. tra- like you know like through the airport with yeah, the metal detectors yeah. and they said that everyone was lovely about it but they felt so weird to put people out like that yeah um and then when they went to see a show on broadway after they had to hold back the start of the show by three hours to sweep the place and check everyone else to get in there. So that's when they were like, okay, it's great because we know it's possible we can still do a date night, but we're never going to do it again (laughs) because this has disadvantaged so many people. And you can just imagine New York's one of the only places they could probably do that because New York is so democratic and so pro-Barack. But in other places, they'd be like, how dare you put us out like this and who do you think you are? So they just, like their life was crippled. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean... I'm like, surprised they even let them sit in a theater. Yeah, but... Because it's dark. <laughs> well, yeah. But then also, to if you think about it, like, the fact that they could go from in three helicopters, like, just to go on a date. Like, yeah. Instead of just being like, let's just have a date night at the White House. Like, yeah. Like how we would have one at home. Yeah, well, to get... To walk out onto their patio, to walk out on their patio, they had to get permission because that patio could be seen by E Street yeah. and they had to close down all of E Street and then you've got tourists that just want to see the White House that can't see it because Michelle Obama wants to drink her tea on the patio. That's so stressful. Yeah. So a lot of the time she would just end up being like, do you no. Think, do you think it's like that with like every president? Yeah, or, yeah. I think so. And especially with Trump because yeah. Trump has a lot, he has a lot of vocal people that yeah. are not interested in Trump and don't want him there. So um, I think they ended up getting permission that the girls could go out and um snowboard or well, not snowboarding but toboggan toboggan yeah, yeah, yeah. on the lawn without permission because mm-hmm. she didn't want her kids to not be able to walk outside yeah but that a took bit. a lot yeah. and one night her daughter was asked last minute to go on an ice cream run and she it took over an hour for them to get approval by which point the ice cream run was over and out because her personal agent was home mm. so she made a point to say any agent can take her like yeah, i'm not yeah. gonna let this impact my children's life they need to have some agility mm-hmm. um so honestly i knew it would be crazy but i didn't know it was that crazy mm. so this is the interesting part and i think next this is what you wanted to know this is what i wanted yeah. from the get-go it's so good um and it details how she met the queen and just like the comparison between the white house and buckingham palace because mm-hmm. you think how amazing the white house is but buckingham palace is like a oh, monstrosity there's 750 rooms or something yeah. or 775 rooms something like the palace from the great yeah you know like just insane yeah like insane that. and the white house sounds crazy because they all had like 15 or 20 bathrooms yeah. or whatever but it's like triple that so much more yeah That's um crazy. and then all the protocols of meeting the queen but i think I've, i'm really excited when i finish this i'm gonna go into another book obviously and i'm tossing up between two mm-hmm. so i'll let you know when i decide but okay. 
Um, I've also been listening to some podcasts and I wanted to mention our friend Jess, who we went to high school with. Yeah. She was a few grades below us, but she has a podcast called Convo Radio. Did she really? Yeah, it's so good. Oh, wow. um, and one of her episodes that she did with her friend Kelly is called Find Your Fit. And it's yeah. all about what we've sort of discussed in the past as well, about how exercise can be anything that you make it. Yeah. And I think I would encourage anyone who's struggling a little bit to get back into the groove now that gyms are slowly reopening. Mm-hmm. I'd encourage them to listen to this episode because it's all about the flexibility that you need to approach exercise with and how what you loved last week doesn't have to be what you love this week Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. anything is better than nothing and to approach everything with patience and I guess drop all your expectations yeah so it's very uplifting any anything any episode of that podcast is uplifting and informative so I, I really recommend that um I also recommend an episode of Sarah Davidson sees the yay. It's the most recent episode with Elle Halliwell. And I don't know if you'd heard much about her, but she was a fashion journalist. And then in 2016, um, she found out that she had leukemia when she had a blood test in preparation for pregnancy. Oh, wow. And then she found out that she had leukemia and a week later found out she was also pregnant. Yeah. So... It was quite a popular story in 2016 because Elle was already quite a prominent fashion journalist. Yeah. Um, but it details how Elle made she she actually made the decision to carry the pregnancy. Yeah, had her little boy and then started treatment, and her little wow. boy was born perfectly healthy. But it's just like she wrote she wrote a book called A Mother's Choice, but she is mm-hmm. so strong and so positive and so optimistic because that would have been a decision that I hope I never have to make. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. So if you're after something that's really uplifting, definitely go to those two. Mm. Um, did you read anything educational or informative or listen to anything this week? Not overly, like not like what you have written here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's referring to our Google document, yeah. <laughs> which we've been very good with lately. I think we, we fell off the bandwagon a bit. We did. But I think it was more because of us just falling off the bandwagon of life in yeah general. it got really yeah things were like anyway yeah um things went weird because of covid yeah and, and we were just both like holding on to anything that we had and we were just saying earlier how we like want to go out and get brunch or like dinner or something do something different yeah that we still can't spontaneously Ugh, anyway yeah it's the spontaneity that gets yeah. me you have to book everything in so far yeah. in advance especially if it's a nice restaurant Ugh. exactly which is a bit frustrating and even when you go it's just the atmosphere is different but then it's oh also yeah like you see what's happened in victoria and you're sort of like okay it's i'm not mad oh no i don't want it to rush and then we have to take 10 steps backwards because yeah. that would be the worst i know i'm so grateful to be a queenslander mm. um I just think the because borders are staying shut. Oh definitely. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel sorry for people that live in border towns whose yeah. life are being made really difficult by passing yeah. over every day. But for me personally, from a selfish point of view, I'm very happy yeah. with the way it is. I agree. <laughs> um, I actually listened to a really good episode of Mamma Mia's No Filter. Yeah, and it was released on the 22nd of June, and mm-hmm. it's with Narelda Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Narelda is an Australian journalist who used to be a newsreader in WA in mm-hmm. Perth. I believe she's still doing that via video link, mm-hmm. but she's now a Studio Ten panelist. Wow. So obviously that's a much different role because panelists require opinion. So mm-hmm. they have to give their point of view, whereas mm-hmm. a journalist is meant to be objective. Mm-hmm. Um, she is an Indigenous Australian. She had a baby at 18 without being married and her, mm-hmm. her parents were in the church. So that was very much frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had to get married. Mm-hmm. She said in the podcast that the wedding venue had been booked before she'd even been proposed to. Oh, wow. That's how rushed it was because her parents were very upset. Yeah. Um, she had a baby the same year that we were born. So her daughter's the same age as us. Oh, wow. um, and then they divorced almost immediately <laughs> a few years after. Which and is almost to be expected. Oh, yeah. You if you force someone exactly. into marrying someone, they're probably going to not end up with them. <laughs> no. um, and then she had to tell her parents that she was a lesbian. Oh my gosh. Which just really went down pretty yeah. badly. I think Especially her mum's if they're very very religious. Yeah. yeah. Her mum's word were was I'll never understand, but I can forgive. Don't quote me on that. It was yeah. something along those lines yeah. of I'll never be okay with it, but I'm okay with it because you're yeah. my daughter and I love yeah, you. Yeah. Which she's really good at walking a fine line between never understanding her mother because she she sort of aligns her mum with Margaret Court, who's very traditional, very uh anti-LGBTQI+, mm-hmm. which is not okay. 
Um, but she loves her mum. So mm. she's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place and she'll never understand her mum, but she'll always love her. Mm. Um, and so she's definitely had a life of plot twists, which the subject of the episode has a nod to. Mm-hmm. But she's very interesting to listen to in terms of the definitions of Indigenous, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander and mm-hmm. how we can not use those interchangeably. So Indigenous is the native people of any land. Mm-hmm. So we talk about Indigenous Australians. Or yeah. you can sub in First Nations people. Mm-hmm. But not every Indigenous person is Aboriginal because mm-hmm. they might be from the Torres Strait Islands yeah. and the same with vice versa. So yeah. she was very good with getting that right. Um, and then she also talks about the stereotype of the angry black woman and the exhaustion around that, especially when she's a panellist being required to make her opinions known for her job. Yeah, She's always feeling like she's being pulled into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, I think... It's very interesting because the conversations that she has is all about how it's okay to disagree with someone without cancelling them. Mm. And that cancelling someone isn't actually that productive because you just make them more resentful, whereas we should be aiming to be respectful and changing people's opinions in an educated way. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I really recommend that. It was mind-blowing. And Narelda's whole attitude is amazing. She's so smart. And her rapport with Mia, the journalist, was just stunning. So Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved that. Mm. It sounds interesting. Oh, it's it was interesting so good. how you have there the stereotype of the angry black woman because that's also something that Michelle Obama faced. Yes, yeah. So it's interesting that it's not only like Indigenous Australians. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. It's, it's across the Serena board. Williams faces that when yeah. that horrible caricature of her came so out. They very, just they, they don't do that to white women. No, it's very interesting. Yeah. And, and then like I don't know, you'd probably know this term, but, like, a lot of Asian women get referred to as, like, tiger moms. Yes, or, yeah. Know, but if a white mum was like that, they wouldn't. They're just like, oh, you're just, you know. Actually, I would say a kid. white mum is a Karen. I don't know what that means. Really? I've not heard of that You know all. the Karen memes about, like, can I speak to the manager? Oh, yeah. But then it's only if they look like that. Mm. It, that's, like, the meme of, like, can I speak to the manager pack? And yeah. it's, like, the haircut and stuff. Yeah, and but I guess I like- Karens are referred to with... Oh, yes, annoyance, but yeah. tiger mum sounds scary. Yeah. Angry black woman sounds scary yeah. and as though you're angry without a right to be. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Karens are just mostly middle-aged, middle-class women with yeah. no, nothing better to do than to pick on a 15-year-old working yeah, exactly. behind a counter. Yeah. So this week we're going to be talking about resumes, which my boyfriend actually came up with this, this idea. <laughs> yeah. Because he was like, well, what can you think, what can you talk about that's relevant? And he yeah. was like, what about resumes? Everyone's, the job market's really crazy. And I was yeah. like, no, good point. I think it is. Yeah. So as we know at the moment, the the job market is fragile mm-hmm. because of COVID. So if you're going for a job, you really need to be putting your best foot forward because there's, number one, not that many going. And number yeah. two, that means it's going to be competitive when you do go for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you stand out is the real Exactly. Question. And like a resume is just a foot in the door to hopefully get an interview. So yeah. it's not the be all and end all, but it's essential to get right if you want to progress. Yeah. Um, So I think a really important distinction to make before we get going is that a resume is traditionally seen to be a one-page overview of your achievements, whereas a CV is a multiple-page submission that includes evidence of your qualifications, such as any certificates. Mm -hmm. So I think we use them interchangeably, or at least I do in Mm -hmm. my vernacular, Mm -hmm. but um, those are not the same thing. So make sure you know what they're asking for. And then also sometimes when you submit resumes, um, you also, they ask you for a cover letter. Yeah. Which is different again. Yes. (laughs) So it's important to know those. And I know when you and I were at high school, we had someone come in and do a a lesson with us on resumes. Do you remember that in professional development? I don't remember someone coming in, but I remember doing it in like um, maybe business or IT or some, some kind of subject like that. But I don't remember doing it. In PD. Maybe we did and I just really wasn't listening. You zoned out. <laughs> yeah, I probably was like, I already did this, so I don't need to This do was it again. Lauren and Tia high school version. Yeah. I would have been like hyper alert making yeah. notes and Tia would have been asleep on the church pew. <laughs> I would have been like, With her hat over her face. <laughs> okay. Um, so I've just put together a quick 20 tips because I think it's important to make it short and sweet. Yeah. But also relevant because I learn a lot going through this. So yeah. it's a good refresher. Yeah. So number one, your contact details, you need to obviously make them correct, but put them on all pages. Don't make the recruiter or employer have to work harder than they need to. A good tip with that is to actually put it in like the header or the footer because then it automatically goes onto all the pages. Definitely. um, And to make it very clear 
Like, yeah. so to put like mobile and then not just put your number. Yeah, no, I mean, make you it. You can, but I think it's just more professional. Yeah, to- I agree. And on the professionalism note, make sure your email address is appropriate. Yeah. Which is probably a trick for young players. Strange emails come through, yeah. like on my payroll side of things when I organize like p- sending out pay slips and stuff. And there's some really fine ones, which are just their names. And then there's like, you know, really random ones. And I'm yeah. Like, this is really, they should really change this. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it's, if it's an old hotmail or something, <laughs> maybe just make a Gmail. Yeah. Um, in Australia, you don't have to include your age or your marital status yeah. or a photo. Yeah. Because that might inadvertently. Mm-hmm turn you away. I almost think that it's almost recommended not to include a photo in a way. Like whenever I remember when I learned how to do one that they said, don't, Yeah, it's almost better not to put one. Yeah. And it's the same with your age and your marital status, unless you think it's going to work in your advantage. So if they're after someone who a graduate or something, um, but even then you could be a graduate at 50. So Mm -hmm. it's not actually not essential. If you do want to include a photo, make sure it's professional and in the style of a headshot, even Mm -hmm. if it's not a professional headshot, make sure that you look good so wear a button up in a neutral color make sure your hair is professional and um that you're looking yeah presentable and tidy don't put um your facebook profile picture yeah so just like cropped and your arms like half hanging out and it sneaky has a glass of wine in it or something yeah so like just as an example (laughs) i was at a shop the other day and um a woman dropped off her resume and her photo was a grainy instagram and it just doesn't it doesn't come off as that because it doesn't matter where you're applying for. It could be Hungry Jacks. Yeah. They want they want you to be a professional. They just don't – you don't want to project the wrong impression. And, I mean, we were talking about this the other day is that, you know, if, as much as we like to say that, um, you know, first impressions, like don't judge a book by its cover kind of yeah. thing, it's difficult. We all have um, – I think to a certain extent we all have biases. You mm. know, we all have – um, first impressions, we all, um, make them like Mm. it's, it's almost a fact of life, whether you like it, like whether we like it or not, whether it's only something that we do getting a bottle of wine. Like I always pick the wine based on the bottle. Yeah. I don't care where it's from or because we don't know enough about wine, Exactly, but you don't know (laughs) enough about the person applying for the job when they apply. So we do judge a book by its cover. Yeah. So just come across as professional. It's not something that we should do, but it does happen. Yeah. And point number two, if you're vocal on Instagram or you wouldn't want your employer to see your profile, make it private before you even apply. I can definitely agree with that because I studied HR and um, when we would go through some resumes at a job I had in real estate, um, the head mm-hmm. the head of employment would always look at people's Facebooks or Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I definitely would recommend – I've heard stories where people actually didn't get job, Like, they got offered a job or they the whole interview and everything went really well and then, you know, they didn't get the job because of, like, a Facebook or Instagram or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's very sad, but, you know, that some things just need to stay private until your employer gets to know you. Yeah, um, I agree. And then if you're also – worried about Facebook, you can clean that up Mm -hmm. um, or change your surname if you want privacy. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of professions where you have to do that anyway. Yeah. So just be one step ahead of that because it makes it clear that you are serious on that role Mm -hmm. and that industry and that you're already prepared to do those things. Yeah. Um, Number three is always use a template rather than trying to go out on your own because Mm -hmm. it will just make it nice and clean. Um, And then that rolls into number four, which is picking a template that suits your job or your industry. Mm -hmm. So for me in media, mine was quite fun and creative because those were the roles I was going for Mm -hmm. but if you're in almost any other industry (laughs) i think you should look for clean yeah like business like what comes to mind as business calls for me is like navies and you know your black and white yeah clean spaces exactly short concise dot points yeah just use bold bolding and underlining yeah so that actually works well with number five which is use headings and put them in bold again don't bury your lead or make them make them work harder to find out the best things about you number six choose a clear typeface and make it at least 0.11 because you want it to be readable Uh number seven is not obnoxiously large yeah so (laughs) yes we'll get to that number seven is include a summary up front that's short and sweet and includes a few sentences about your biggest achievements 
achievements Mm -hmm. and what value you would bring to the job. Mm -hmm. You should personalize this to suit the job in question. Mm -hmm. This should be called a career objective if you're a recent graduate or a career profile or career overview if you have more experience. Mm -hmm. And also if some, some employees ask for cover letters, so that's something, you know, these are good points to remember to use in a cover letter. Yeah, definitely make sure those two are in sync. Exactly. Um, Number eight, write your key strengths in dot points and avoid catchphrases such as good communication skills. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can do that by expanding upon that to give an example. So I think they call it the X by Y doing Z approach, Mm -hmm. which is like, um, I have good communication skills, which were evident when this happened to yeah. achieve this outcome. So that's, yeah. you've obviously got the right terms in there, which yeah. are those catchphrases that are somewhat essential, but you've proven that you know what that means. Because mm-hmm. yeah. otherwise we can all say the right things, but yeah. we don't actually know how to do them. Yeah. Yeah. Number nine, you have to outline your history in reverse chronological order. So put the yeah. most recent thing first and cut anything that happened more than 10 years ago doesn't matter how good it was it's just not relevant anymore and they'll start to wonder why you're still holding on to that yeah (laughs) (laughs) because it makes it look like you haven't done anything else that's beaten it and and maybe you haven't but in that time you've probably done a lot of smaller things that add up to more just let it go let it go (laughs) i i was school captain in year seven highlight of my life not going on my resume um number 10 list your highest qualification first. So if you've graduated from high school, but not uni yet, mm-hmm. put your high school certificate first. If you've yeah. graduated from uni, put that first. So mm-hmm. then work backwards. Cause again, you don't want to bury the lead. You want to put the best things about you mm-hmm. up front. Mm-hmm. Um, number 11, keep it to two pages unless otherwise specified. Yeah. So like you said before, it all comes down to what they want. Mm-hmm. Two pages in Australia, is acceptable, but yeah. we do have some international listeners. So definitely look up what your country yeah. expects. I know for me, I was always told to try to keep it to one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's changed a little bit because of the cup, like the whole cover letter thing where yeah. maybe it's a little bit more acceptable to have more, but I've always just tried to keep it to one so that they can just pick it up and all the information's right there. Yeah. And it should always be done in most important first yeah um same with when you're writing a pr statement from when i was at uni you put your basically people should know what's happening in your first paragraph yeah yeah. um number 12 read the cv slash resume requirements before you apply because they may be a catch so that comes back what we talked about at the beginning if they want a cv give them that if they want a resume give them that Mm -hmm. um and they might also talk about different formatting requirements Mm -hmm or how they want you to submit it, or of course, due dates. So be aware of all that stuff because you might have the best qualifications and a really well-written document, but if it's not what they want, first up, they're going to say, they don't know how to read or follow yeah. instructions. Yeah. They're not for me. Yeah. I was just about to say it's really that exactly because it's really important to understand what they're asking for because it's a first step into proving yourself to them. You know? Yeah, to prove that you can yeah. deliver the tasks that they need you to do. And also if they write in the like ad... Um, job requirements um, to make sure that in your resume or your CV that you address that you meet those requirements if it's not, you know, otherwise written. Like if they ask, do you have, you know, you need Microsoft Office skills and that's not otherwise written in your resume, you should write that Add it in. So tailor it to each job and save it under a different file name. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if you're applying for six jobs. Yes, (laughs) because you could accidentally send, I'm applying for the role of receptionist at ABC to company DFE, which is just not a good look because they're like, well, she's looking everywhere. Don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Even though if you're not looking everywhere, definitely do. Like everyone, I think everyone should be expected to be looking as far and wide as they need to, but we want to make the employer and recruiter feel special, Mm -hmm. whatever. (laughs) Um, Number 13, always include three references and give their email and mobile numbers. Talk to them first and tell them that they may receive a phone call so they're prepared and can give you the best rap possible. And also tell them what the job is and what yeah. skills you'd be required to do. Because if I have someone call me and they're like, hey, um, we want to ask if um, Jack is good for this role. If I don't know what the role is, I can't talk to it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. give them a heads up. Um, and also never say references available upon request because it yeah. just makes it look like you haven't been bothered to see it through and yeah. you're rushing to get it done on yeah. time. I also think... Um be- like check with your references before you even submit them oh like, yeah definitely don't submit it and then be like oh i need to call my references. yeah now. because check first and then yeah. submit <laughs> um sometimes not everyone is happy to be a referee which yeah. is fine if i can't vouch for someone i wouldn't say yes yeah um but and uh, 
presumably if you're someone that's asking in the first place, you think they've got a good feel upon you as a person anyway. But just don't take it for granted because that can be like very awkward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Number 14 is always give it to someone else to proofread first, which seems obvious, but spelling errors are just such an obvious thing to avoid. Yeah, Yeah. And number 15, always save it as a PDF. Yeah, definitely. That comes up all the so time. That no one accidentally edits it after the fact. Yeah, <laughs> and it just doesn't look good if you haven't put that extra thought in. Yeah. Um, because also your formatting can fall out. Mm-hmm. Um, and include a cover letter if you've been asked mm-hmm. to. Which, as Tia said, make sure that those two things have some synchronicity. Use yeah. the same key terms. Make sure it's addressed to the right person. Yeah. <laughs> Number sixteen. If you're walking it in to deliver it. Dress professionally and be your most open, charming self. Don't drop it in on the day that you're rushed or stressed or feeling less than best because first impressions count, as we said before. Um, I've been in shops before and someone rushes in and they're really quiet and they don't want to say anything and they're like, I want to drop this resume off. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Try again. (laughs) Because like it or not, the boss or manager is going to say, oh, what were they like? And I'm going to have to be honest and say they didn't really seem comfortable here. I know when I worked um, at like a corner store and people would come and drop their resumes off yeah and the boss would ask us to write down the timestamp at which they dropped the resume off and the boss would rewind and watch the really to see what they were like okay well you've yeah. heard it here first because this <laughs> it was happens. like it really happens yeah so. yeah and like i don't care if you're applying for a job at a bakery mm. dress professionally mm-hmm. because like we said before jobs that require you in a uniform which are sometimes yeah. mcdonald's hungry jacks corner stores yeah they <laughs> are putting you in a uniform because they want you to look presentable. Yeah, exactly. Um, so never underestimate that. represent the brand. And, yeah. And as much as you don't want to be, like, we don't want to make it seem like it's all about how you look. It, it's not. But at the same time, they're trying to create a brand image. And yeah. they don't want someone who's going to come in with, like, their hair half done and, like, you know, makeup from the night before. Yeah. You know we Like, I mean? no one is expecting a Victoria's Secret no. model to walk in, but they are expecting someone that irons their clothes yeah. and tucks anything in that needs to be tucked in, yeah. you know? Like, don't have a midriff exposed. Just clean and groomed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all we want. Like, it yeah. doesn't have to... You don't have to be a supermodel. You no. just have to be well presented. Um, and so... I don't know, run it by a friend or send a Snapchat or something first. (laughs) Just make sure it looks appropriate. Mm -hmm. Number 17. This is really interesting. If there are gaps in your resume, explain them if you can. Mm -hmm. So maybe if there's a gap of two years because you went traveling, Mm -hmm. say that you went traveling. If you went back to uni, say you went back to uni. If you had a baby, say that because Mm -hmm. recruiters don't like mysteries and it makes it seem like something shady happened that they don't want to be dug up. So be transparent with that and just explain what happened. Mm -hmm. Number 18, be cautious when listing your hobbies. It could actually work against you if your employer or recruiter doesn't share the same interests. So if you say you like being a global environmental activist, which Mm -hmm. is awesome, Mm -hmm. like we're all for that. If you're going for a really uh, traditional company. Because some places can be political, you know, like. Yes. they, They can stand for things that. If they don't align with align with their employees, it can cause them grief mm. that they don't want to deal with. So they'll be like, "Okay, we don't want to deal with this person." Yeah, which sounds awful, but they're just trying to take the easiest. Route exactly, they are trying to create yeah. the path of least resistance. And in that Narelda Jacobs episode of Mamma Mia, they actually talk about as a journalist, most workplaces don't let you protest. Mm. So if you're going for a journalist job, and you say that you like protesting for climate change, mm-hmm. that might be a red flag to them. Mm. And I'm not saying that that's not a good thing. Yeah. Go you. Love you, that. It doesn't mean you can't do it. It yeah. just means don't advertise it necessarily. Well, I mean, like your workplace actually might tell you not to do it, but that's okay. a job. That's a bridge to cross once you're actually in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But you don't want any any barrier coming up against you before you've even got your foot in the door. Yeah, exactly. So maybe like it depends how innocent it is. If you like reading books, I guess if anyone's got anything against reading books, good luck to you. But mm. um, maybe don't put those more controversial hobbies or passions yeah, in just like because, political. yeah, it's like Facebook and Instagram. So many, my two biggest jobs in media, once I'd gotten in, we all followed each other on Instagram and mm. I, I was very much able to put up anything I wanted. Mm-hmm because they knew me but maybe at the start it wouldn't have been perceived as well so just wait till you're in there Mm -hmm. and then you can test the waters a bit and there is something to be said that if your hobbies and passions go up against directly what your company wants 
should you even be applying for a job there? So always read your company's mission statement, make sure it's a good fit. Um, If it's something long-term and you don't think that you're going to be able to live with that suppression of who you really are, maybe don't go for it. I understand, Mm. although that we all need short-term money Mm. coming in. So do what you have to do, but that's another consideration. Yeah. Um, number 19, update it several times a year. So even if you're really happy with your job, even a lot of workplaces, so my partner was saying this, a lot of workplaces expect you to update it anyway to reflect your new achievements because otherwise it just becomes too hard to remember all the amazing stuff you've done. Yeah. Um, and you never want to miss out on a job if you see an opportunity and it closes tomorrow yeah. because you haven't got your resume updated. Yeah. yeah. So update it regularly. And number 20, two awesome Instagram pages to follow elevate with nll so that's elevate with nll or one word and for november yes <laughs> they're a career strategist and another one is resume queen so resume q w e e n and i'll put them on our stories that's really interesting yeah. i would never have thought that there would be like resume instagrams yeah. around but that's awesome well their career it's like she's mm. on the money so mm-hmm. any financial advice but, for, but career for, advice. for careers and it's awesome their tiles are amazing like they're that's really fun really pages cool. to follow and they give tips that uh it's their job mm. i guess they might work in cre- recruitment mm. or they have um career job search advice that we just could never possibly even know um so they're really great to follow and it's good just to have them in your feed to remind you to update your resume yeah 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 and also maybe tips on how you can format it yes because like if you can't find a good enough template even seeing things like that if you know how to work you know microsoft word enough or whatever Mm. you can just create your own template yeah i think canva might even have some as well which she's done really well yes um so i forget canva's um one of the co-founders name but she's an australian yeah and it's like one of the biggest companies yes we use canva for our instagram so like i'm all for that Mm -hmm. um go girls (laughs) i think it's awesome yeah and she's um i think she's also part asian oh okay that's what she looks like anyway let me just check we just love a bit of a quick google search at the end of our episode i just like it when people of like different ethnicities have done really well because it encourages me yeah because i feel like for so like there's always that like rich white guy you know yeah. what I mean? Well, so- um, I listened to a quickie episode this week about how women in leadership teams in big companies actually improves profits, but how a few years back there were more men in CEO positions named John than there were women in general. So her name's Melanie Perkins. I thought it was looks, Melanie. Okay. She looks part something. She look. I'll show you. Like part Filipino. She doesn't look full Aussie. Or do you think she does? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> it's hard to say. You don't want to... Oh, yeah, so there's a question saying... Is so she's she... the daughter of an Australian-born teacher and a Malaysian engineer of Filipino and Sri Lankan heritage. There you go. Go, girl. See, that's awesome because she's someone of, like, you know, different background, but then also she's a woman and she's Australian. Like, I just... And she's awesome. the CEO of Canva. So she's done really, really well. She's killing it's it. awesome. We love Melanie. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be I'll be there next with my print business. And you should have Melanie cards. as your mentor. Yeah, I mean, if she's interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I think that's a wrap for this week. Um, we will see you on Instagram, Sunday Brunch underscore the podcast, and yes. have a great week. Yes, and we'll be back here next week again. Rate, review, subscribe. Yes, bye. Bye.